complete. And we've been doing this for the last five weeks, and this is the fifth week uh, of the series complete. And um, we've been looking at Colossians chapter 1 to 4, and we've been looking week 1. James opened the series, and he talked about God is complete. And Paul is writing this letter to the church at Colossae. He's encouraging them not to um, mix their revelation of God with worldly patterns. Not to mix God. He's trying to encourage them to understand that God is supreme. That God is complete. And God is sufficient. And he starts with that. And we need to understand that. That our God, the God that you serve, He's complete. Amen. He doesn't need anything else. One thing that He requires is of His creation, worship Him. That gives Him great joy. Amen. And then we looked at week two. It says, you are complete in Him. Now we saying, our God is complete. But the day you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, amen, when you open your heart to Him and say, Jesus, come into my life. Be the King of my life. I am not the ruler of my life, but you are. And I give myself to you. And all of a sudden, because of that prayer and what Jesus did on the cross, you now are complete in Christ Jesus. Amen. You're not complete because of your knowledge of Jesus. Hello? You're not complete because you've been in the church for 70 years. You're not complete because you give some money to the church. You are complete when your relationship becomes alive with Christ Jesus. That your knowledge becomes a revelation and you say, now I submit myself to this God who is complete. And the day I do it, I walk into the completeness that Christ has for me. Amen. That's why we call, we call ourselves Expression Church. The reason we do that is because it's not what you know that matters. It's how you live either glorifies or actually brings shame to God. That's why we call ourselves expression. There are a lot of people who know the word. Hello? The devil knows the word better than you and I. He knows the word. How dare the devil goes to Jesus. Think about it. The devil knows who who Jesus is. He still goes to Jesus and he tempts him after 40 days of prayer and fasting. And wow. And Jesus fights back the devil with his word. What is he saying? It's not what you know. The devil knows the word. But the devil does not believe in the word. That's why we call ourselves expression. It's not what you know. It's how are you expressing it with your life? Is there joy coming out of you? Is the peace that is sustaining you? Amen. Week three. Enjoy the life of completeness. And Dan spoke on that. And he said, look, to enjoy this life of completeness, you and I got to do something. Jesus is not going to spoon feed us. We are to walk in that finished work of Christ. Amen. So what do we do? We are to put off those things that hinder us. Put off those things that limit us. Put off those things, those th- that thinking, that stinking thinking, that I'm not valued, that I'm not worthy, that I'm, I, I, I'm, no one likes me. All these things are from the devil. 
And he's saying, come on, you've got to put, get rid yourself of all those things that hinder you in progressing and in flourishing in all that God has for you. And then he's saying, put on the nature of Christ. When you go through troubles, you put on the nature of Christ. Put on joy. Put on peace. That as soon as you're hit with the trouble, you are not crumbled like a cracker. But you stand strong because you're putting on the very nature of Jesus. Hallelujah. Because only in Him you find your strength. Only in Him is your hope. And then in week four, we talked about making others' joy complete. And I love this about Paul. He's saying, I'm not just interested in your uh, church life. I'm not just interested in your kind of old public life. He's saying, God is also interested in your private life. How do you treat your spouse? Do you nag all the time? Do you uplift your husband? That's what he says. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Bring the best out of them. Children, honor your parents. There's a blessing. Parents, stop provoking your children. Employees, make sure that you work for God, not for your business. Praise God, your work and the money you get is a byproduct of who you are. See, Joseph worked for Pharaoh, yet Pharaoh flourished because of Joseph. Don't complain about your boss. Pray for him. Amen. And bosses, employers, treat your employees godly way. Because you've got to give an account to God. Amen. And so we're going to start week five. And week five, as we culminate this series, it's called Living Your Call. And I'm going to pray and we're going to get into it. Father, As we bring this series to an end, it's a series that's come to an end, but our walk in you is just beginning again. Hallelujah. Speak to us from this truth, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ellie. Amen. All right. I titled it called Living Your Call. You and I have a call over our lives. And some might think, What is my calling? Some know your calling, some don't know your calling. But God has a calling for each one of us. And I want to simplify for you. Everyone has has been called by God. You and I, we're called by God. Amen. In a simple form, chapter 4, he's talking about, he's giving some more instructions here, Paul, to the church at Colossae. And it's a similarity in Colossians 4 to Ephesians 5. So they're both very similar here. And so what he's saying is, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And he says, pray for us too. That God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. I love that because he's saying, pray for us too. You know, that's why I encourage you, pray for one another. Amen. You know, we, want, we love praying for others, but we're a bit too shy to ask for prayers. But Paul, who is saying, pray for me. He says that too. He said, that, that is why I'm here in chains. Verse 4, please. And he says, pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. 
you know, he talks about this mysterious plan. And then he said, I'll pray for me so that I can proclaim this message clearly. That means this plan of God that's not been revealed, once been revealed, the more it's revealed, the more clarity there is in our lives so that he can, or you and I can actually speak the gospel more clearly. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every, say with me, opportunity. Verse 6. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Amen. Then he goes on to talk about, you know, this is what this guy did, that guy did. Thank you very much. God bless you. There's a final greeting. But this is our main meat of the portion of the text today. So what is my calling? How do I live my call? Number one, pray for others. Every Christian can do that. Amen. It's a very general call. Pray for others. If you're a son of God, if you're a daughter of God, number one, pray for yourself. Number two, pray for others. Amen. The more you pray for others, the more God will bless you and bless them. Number two, encourage them and set a godly example in all that you do. That's your call. Number one, pray for others. Number two, make sure that whatever you do, you bring glory to God. Set a good example to others because they're, they're watching you just as you're watching them. Amen. You know, Paul, uh, as he's writing this too, he's saying, when Paul says, you know, he says praying, uh, that's done with thanksgiving, what he means is make sure that you keep your eyes on the victory of God. When you're praying, our Father, God hears your prayer. God, as soon as you say, our Father, He hears your prayer. I'm talking to everybody, but as soon as I go, Tom, he's hearing it. As soon as I go, Sue, she looks at me. You see what I'm saying? So when you go, our Father, he's hearing you. That's what Jesus taught. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. And so he's encouraging. As soon as you pray, pray in the name of the Father. Our Father, he hears you. The word that really stuck to me here is devote. Devote yourself to prayer. And what he's saying is devote means to give all or most of one's time or resources to a person or an activity. He's saying devote yourselves to prayer. Make sure you be somebody that's praying all the time. Christianity, for it to flourish, it's praying, not just doing. Amen. The power of God is activated when you pray. Kevin Connor used to say this, principles are many, method, sorry, methods are many, principles are few. Prince, methods vary, principles never do. So we can come up with all these fancy methods, but I tell you, church, if you're not praying for yourself, if you're not praying every day for yourself and your family, then you're missing out on the power or the dunamis power of God over your life. So don't say, I don't know how to pray, because you know what? The Spirit helps you how to pray. One of 
the most boring things for an average Christian is prayer because they never understood the revelation of what it is to pray and intercede and seek God and call upon the Most High God. When you say, my Father in heaven, He hears you and He's got your attention. And when you say, this is where I am, He begins to hear and God answers our prayers. So I want to encourage you. This church was birthed out of the power of God about 53 years ago, if I'm correct. And the power, for us to walk in power, we need prayer. We need to be people who pray. And thanksgiving. That's a, you know, I often say this, you know, you don't pray for victory, you pray from victory. He's already done it. So when I say, God, I thank you for James, I'm not going to go to God with a list of complaints. Oh, God, James is, you know, his job, he's struggling. He recently had an accident, and then his wife got sick. He got sick. His children got sick. Oh, God. No, 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 no. God already knows that. But what I'm praying over him is not my troubles and complaints. I'm praying the word over him. God, he's protected in the name of Jesus. He's a man of God that you've called even before the foundations of the earth were laid. You have blessed him with a godly wife and four beautiful children. Now I speak your protection, your covering, your fire on him. Meet every need, good health in the name of Jesus. Now that's a prayer that we are called to pray. Not go sit there and complain and mope, but to say, God, hallelujah, I stand in victory and I'm going to speak victory over this man right now in Jesus' name. That kind of prayer will really bring life. Amen. So be thankful, thankful to God with a thankful heart. Hallelujah. He's equipped you with every spiritual blessing. You lack nothing. You want power, you got power. You want promises, you got promises. You got, you in Christ, you have everything. You know, think about that guy or the soldier that goes to war, he's not going to go to war with his civil clothes and uh, without any uh, uh, equipment and, and protective gear. He puts all those things, then he enters into the battlefield. And we got all the protective gear that God has for us. You know, Paul tells in chapter 1 of Colossians and 3, he says, look, we always pray for you and we give thanks to God. In verse 9, he says, we have not stopped praying for you. I have not stopped praying for this church, and I will never stop praying for this church. And in chapter 2, he says, look, I struggled, I agonized. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like I'm praying, I'm interceding. There's a battle going on in the spirit realm. There's a battle going on in the spirit realm. And for us as a theme for 2018, we call it make it count. Can I ask you, how are you making it count? Are you making it count for somebody who is complete and made you complete? You were equipped with every spiritual blessing. Are you making it complete as a wife, as a husband, as a father, as a brother, as a sister, as an employer or an employee? Are you making it count? Or are you sitting down and being one of those people that are moved by your circumstances and situations? Or are you moved by 
the spirit of God that reveals beyond the natural and you propel into the spirit realm and you know that you don't wrestle against flesh and blood but principalities and powers and you know in your eyes I'm not just looking at a man I'm looking at a man of God there's a spirit there's an anointing over his life so I'm going to propel and I'm going to go for that what are you moved by how are you making your life count for his glory amen He's blessed you with a wife. He's blessed you with a job. He's blessed you with a church family. He's blessed you with so many blessings. Are you making it count for his glory? Bonjour, mademoiselle. Quel est votre nom? No, anyway, let's not go there. Ah, oui. Amen. So I want to encourage you, let our lives be of that of with a prayer and live an exemplary life. And I want to talk from Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 is actually the same thing that is in Colossians 4. And Paul writes the same thing, but he gives a bit more meaning to it. How do we pray? I love it in verse 6, sorry, verse 10. He says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Amen. Come on, church. We are to be strong in Jesus. Not be weak, but be strong in Jesus. Hallelujah. Put on all the armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm. Hey, devils, you can't come into my life. You know you recognize the devil, and I draw a line in the sand, metaphorically. I draw a line in the sand, and I'm saying, devil, I have authority over you. Why? Because I am complete in Christ and he has given me authority. Now I speak to you, devil. You've got no right to come and infest my household with sickness. You have no right to come into my body with depression, discouraging thoughts. You have no right to come and whisper your filthy lies to me. I take authority over you, devil, in Jesus' name. So be stand firm, put on the armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. See, we don't, this is very important to understand, we don't fight in flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers, amen. But principalities and powers through spirits manifest in people, amen. So when you're a spirit person, you recognize that it is a spirit that is working in that human being. So you're not going to fight in the flesh. You're not going to prove your point. But what you're doing is you're recognizing the spirit where it's coming from. And you want to put silence to that spirit. Amen. That's what Jesus did to Peter. Peter was babbling on a lot. And Jesus said to Peter, Satan, get behind me. He recognized often devil uses people to pull people down. Amen. So we got to be recognized that even in my own life, when I'm negative to my wife, when I'm negative, I don't think, where is this coming from? Shut up, Peter. Yes, Lord. Let Christ come. Because devil can use you and me to pull down our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen. So, For we do not fight against flesh and blood. We've covered that. Praise God. Therefore put every piece of God's armor. Verse 13 chapter 6 of Ephesians. 
Put on every armor. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth. Amen. Stand your ground, people. Turn to your neighbor and say, stand your ground. If you want to make it count, stand your ground. Amen. If you want to make it, for, make it count for Jesus, stand your ground. A lot of people give up the first time they hit with a truck. Literally, not literally. They give up. Stand your ground. You're going somewhere. And the one that has called you, he is faithful to lead you. He will enable you. He will equip you to take you where he has promised you to go. Stand your ground in your marriage. Amen. Don't give up. Stand your ground in your parenting. I got to say, I am not a great parent in my own flesh. But I thank Jesus. He helps me to be a godly parent. Otherwise, I'm lousy. I've got a bit of a wisdom here and there. Otherwise, I'm lousy. I'm not fit to be a parent. But I thank God he's called me to be a parent. Now I look to him who gave me this blessing and say, God, come on, help me here. I'm not afraid of the future. Oh, what's going to happen with your kids? You know, oh, the world, the, fil the filth and the sin and all that. Where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Why do I have to be afraid of the sin and what the bad things going on in this world? I'm already a conqueror. He who is in me is greater than the one who is in the world. Amen. So stand your ground. Put on the truth of, belt of truth, body of armor, or NKJV says breastplate of righteousness, shoes of peace. Hallelujah. Hold up your shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Devil always comes at you with fiery arrows. If you go to, if you begin to serve God like this, without the armor of God, the first shot, you're down. When I was a little kid, I didn't grow up like that, but I hear a lot of people, hey, don't commit too much to God. The devil will come after you. Don't, don't fully commit. You know, commit. But don't fully commit. Because the devil will come after you. It's like, forget Jesus. Be scared of the devil. Exactly. Such wrong ideology and theology. It's like in church we can be holy. We can do the Jewish dance and all the jiggle and the Irish jig. Whatever you want to do, you can do it here. But when we go out there, we are scared. Oh, the, oh, I don't want to come in. The devil's going to come after me. No, you are called to go after the devil. Hey, Nathan. Yep. He, was, he wasn't sleeping. Often I go close to people that are falling asleep to wake them up. So I just walk along. And, but he wasn't sleeping. Uh, amen. So come on, people. We gotta, we, we've got some, God is doing something in here. But if you can't capture in the spirit realm, it's the spirit that's going to make the difference. It's the spirit that's going to establish godly things. It's the spirit that's going to help us to be, uh, to be people that God has called us to be. It's the spirit of God. If we do not have the spirit of God, no matter what we do, is useless. It becomes quite a, Theatric. We need the Spirit of God. 
It brings a life. Hallelujah. Put on the salvation of your helmet. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The only offensive thing that you have on your armor is the spirit of God. Take the spirit of God and fight the devil. Take the spirit of God. That's why I encourage you. If you don't know the word, you will fall. Know the word. Know the word. Read the word. You can't read it. Hear the word. Do something to get the word in you. Because when you read the word, you understand the character of God. Amen. And then in verse 18, he says, Pray in the spirit, hallelujah, at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. I tell you, when you begin to capture the spirit realm, you begin to intercede on, the, on behalf of those people and you begin to cry out to God, God, help these people. I speak healing. I speak life. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to pray. And I've got to say, I've got people, I've got a couple of people who intercede for me. Anything that happens, I text them. And this one lady, she prays and I joke with her. I said, as soon as I text her, could you pray for me? That's it. She's going to go after Jesus. You know, she's going to hang on. She's going to just bombard heaven and hell. She's, she's a prayer warrior. Make sure you have people around you who will intercede for you. That are fighting in the spirit realm, standing with you. Amen. So, I thought, how do we bring this to life? So, I've got some gadgets here. And Tom willingly wants to volunteer. Come on, Tom. Come on, Tom. So, often you see the devil is the black person. I don't know why, but I'm going to make Tom the devil today. All right, put this on. All right, come here. Put this on. Put that on quickly. Be a good sport. Give him a hand. That's your weapon. All right. See. This is my weapon. I'll be back. Terminator. Anyway. All right. You want to shoot me, I'll shoot you with this. But you got to understand, you see, we've been given... Hey, don't touch my armor. We, we've been given weapons, man. We, we've been given weapons to fight the devil. Come on. And so what we're doing is we got this weapon. We, we, you're supposed to play the role. I'm supposed to preach. Don't distract people. <laughs> he looks handsome. All right, so we got these weapons, you see, every work of the enemy, we can fight that. Amen. But you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm feeling generous. You take that. You're fiddling with that a lot. You take that. So I've got my shield of salvation, of faith, sorry, helmet of salvation, shield of faith to protect me.
from the work of the enemy. Come on, shoot me, Tom, with all your... He's a liar. He's a thief. Amen. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's a thief. He can load as much as he wants. He can shoot me because you see... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because you see, this is what the nature of the devil. He will distract you. He will accuse you. He is the devil. Not Tom. But he's playing the role. He will say, Peter, you're good for nothing. Peter, do you remember what you did? (laughs) Peter, (laughs) he was asking for it. Come on. I'm being a good pastor, but he... Sorry, Lord, for moving in the flesh. Sorry. So, see, he is... Shoot at me, Tom. And every time, I want you to think about, just before he shoots, I want you to think about how we become a victim of the lie of the devil. Amen. And when he shoots, Cara, come on, honey. Okay. Okay. Every time, I'm supposed to use the shield of faith. In Jesus' name, get out, Tom. Get behind me, Tom. I got one. You know, and he will attack us with every foul thing that... Give it to me, Cara. Thank you. This is my sword of the spirit, okay? So I've got... Sit there, Tom, stand there. So, so I've been loaded with some word of God. It's called nerve gun. And so when the devil comes, he will shoot at you with every filthy thing. And as a Christian, often we become average Christians because we're defined by what he's throwing at us. And we lose power that Christ has given us. Why? Because we don't like to fight. We are good Christians. We don't fight. So we got the shield of faith. And so all we have is shield of faith. But we need the weapon to fight the devil and his lie. And I want to encourage you. This is what you do. You don't go to the devil with your words. You go to him with God's words. And you say, get behind me, Tom. Anyone want to shoot him with the scripture? All right, Debbie, go for it. I know you, you want to do it. Aim from there, on his forehead. Okay? Oh! Look at that. Who else? Come on. Come on, uh, Jonathan, go for it. You have to say a scripture. Whatever scripture. <laughs> Here you go. That was bad. That's all right. Give him a big hand, please. Please be, don't be afraid of the big stuff the enemy throws at you. It looks lethal, but it can't even shoot a few bullets. I gave you a dart for a purpose. Amen. So, you understand what's happening in the spirit realm. Amen. Your prayers are going to go as... Weapons against the work of the enemy. Each time he throws a fiery dart at you and saying, Lionel, remember those days you were average man? Boom. He will shoot you down. And he will keep you in that insecurity, in that fear, and chain you and bind you. And there's all this 
dream and power of God that is building in you. It's all in there, but you can't speak it out. As if there's a noose around you, it's blocked your power to speak. So that's what Paul is talking about to the church at Colossae and the church with Ephesians. Come on, exercise the authority I have given you. Jono, there's nothing in here. Amen. Then he says the next thing is verse 5 and 6. Simply he says, living a life of completeness brings joy to his heart. Amen. He said, encourage other people. You fight the devil with one hand. I got my ninja turtle now. You got the fight, you, you fight the devil with one hand. It's like Nehemiah, sword in one, shovel in the other. Amen. You got the word of God to build people and you got the sword to fight the devil. Fight the devil, but encourage people. Live wisely. Verse 5, it says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Live wisely. Don't sound like the world. Hello? Don't be pretentious, super spiritual Christian. Be real. Be, that's our mission statement. Authentic faith, relevant expression. Amen. Authentic faith. Be real. Relevant expression. That means be real when it matters. Then you stand up and you fight the devil. And you stand for God's glory. So what he's saying is live wisely among non-believers. Today we can't make a difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. Because we're so blending in. We are, we are, who are we? Are we a Christian or a non-Christian? Who am I? I don't know who I am. I've lost my identity. When you have your identity, you don't blend in. Come on. You don't blend in. You stand out. You don't stand out for your pride. You stand out for His glory. So don't blend in. It doesn't matter. Oh, you know, oh, you know I've got people of this type and that type around me doesn't matter what type around you, you got Christ in you. Amen. So stand firm and don't blend, but live wisely. Making every opportunity count for God's glory. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. So I've got three points. Number one is wise behavior. What is wise behavior? How do you behave wisely? Meditate on the word of God. Know your stand, who you are in Christ Jesus. You are complete in him. And as soon as you do that, you don't talk about the world stuff. You talk Christ stuff. And you don't apologize about that. We are not to apologize of who we are. Come on, people. Thank you for one or two people that said amen. Make prayer your lifestyle. Amen. In that wise behavior, I've got three sub points. Meditate on the word. Make prayer your lifestyle. And uh, number four, number three is sound counseling. Make sure you walk under the covering of God and also have people around you that will give you good wisdom. Amen. Amen. You need accountability. Otherwise, you're going to fall in the worldly trap and you will lose your faith. Make sure you have accountability. Allow people to speak into your life. Amen. Christianity is not meant to be lived alone. You're supposed to live with other people. Hallelujah. When people tell you something, you don't like it, that means they will love you and they want you to grow in it. Hallelujah. Amen. So make sure you have sound counsel. And the number four is practical biblical principles in real life. Learn the practical biblical principles to apply that in your real life. So that's the point is wise behavior. Those are the sub points. Number two, salty speech. Say salty speech. 
Remind yourself every day why... I wrote it wrong here. Remind yourself every day how the gospel tastes to you. That's your salty speech. Let your speech be with flavor, not with venom. Hello, Christians. Let your speech be with flavor, with love, not with anger and hate and judgment. Don't think yourself you're better than others because you're not. So let it be your flavor. Are you adding flavor? Or are you adding a bit of venom in that thing? How is your speech? Is it building people or is it rubbishing people? Amen. Salty speech. So really, as we conclude this series, can I get the worship team? These four chapters are beautiful. And I love it. Run, Ellie. Run, Ellie. Look, you and I have an opportunity out in the world. Come on. Can we have a speech that is quite flavorful? Hallelujah. Let's, let's add life to life. Amen. And let's pray for one another that we be witness out there. Flavorful doesn't mean you hide the truth. Flavorful means you tell the truth in love. Amen. I got to say, we live in a city that is far from God. God's called you and I in the city to be a light. And you have opportunities every day to speak to people about Jesus Christ. At your workplace, wherever you are, you are called to be a light of Jesus Christ. So this morning, as we conclude, I want you to stand to your feet, please. I want us to pray. I want you to pray. I want you to pray for yourself, but also pray for this church this morning. See, you might think he's done with, God's never done with church. This is his church. Amen. So I want you to pray a blessing over each one of your churches, not the building, it's you and I. So pray that God will give you an anointing of evangelism, a spirit of evangelism, a witness, and that you will be able to to speak. You'll be able to speak this mysterious plan of God with clarity because you've experienced it. That you will not be afraid. We're going to do set a heart that, you know, play that bridge. But we want, we, I want you to think about this. Every opportunity you have, how can you be a witness? As the team builds it up, I want you to come on. The Bible says, lift the name of Jesus. As you lift his name high, he draws all men and women unto him. We are called to live the name of Jesus. We are called to live the name of Jesus with our speech. I want to ask you, what's your speech like? Is it something that is glorifying, adding salt and taste? Is it delicious or is it quite sour? If your speech has been quite sour, quite venomous, Ask God for forgiveness.
If your speech is of that that is salty speech, glorifying God, then you begin to lift His name. Come on. Can we just lift our voice? If you're not used to praying, that's all right. Just begin to lift the name of Jesus now. Just say, Jesus, you are holy. You are righteous. You are mighty.